Hi, my name is Dee, and this is my podcast, Let Me Clear My Throat. If you have not done so already, please feel free to listen to my other previous podcasts. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but that doesn't mean you have to use them on me. Being uh, Men being raped as a father. Let's not talk about COVID, shall we? Which, honestly, I promise you, I'm not talking about COVID in there. Prison passed the sentencing. Riddle diddle dee, I see something you can't see. So I'm a mental. What's your superpower? Elderly and disabled in a monopoly world. And one nation under God. And I apologize ahead of time for my talking. I had surgery done on my mouth um, a few weeks ago and I'm still um, still trying to recuperate from that. So I'm trying to get used to talking. Um, and um, unfortunately, it, sometimes I feel like I sound like I have, um, like I'm sucking on a piece of candy or something. <laughs> but anyway, um, just wanted to say that ahead of time, so I apologize. Um, but before we get into today's topic, I would like to go over what I like to call my disclaimer. I try to ensure that all of my I's are dotted, my T's are crossed, if you will, because I know there are a lot of negative people in the world that are always seeking to make a mountain out of a molehill and make something out of nothing nothing, or just be a troll, if you will. Um, my topic today is called Parent Alienation Syndrome. Now, this subject is a very deep and emotional subject for some, including myself. Um, I am hoping that I will be able to communicate myself in a manner that comes over in a therapeutic and understanding form for you. And I've been by no means am I trying to downplay or play with any of the trauma, PTSD, any effects, heartaches, or anything associated with the subject. I know as a child, um, I went through a lot of this. Um, and even as an adult now, I continue to go through it sometimes on occasion. And we are mainly going to focus on the perspective of the child. Um, not trying to make anybody mad or hurt anybody or point fingers at anybody. Um, just trying to get this out there because this is, um, this is, this, it is this deep, um, actually. Uh, my heart goes out to anyone, though, that has suffered any personal effect due to any type of uh, parental alienation, or any alienation for that matter, um, to any event or events um, that have left you in a mindset <clears throat> that uh, was not was not on you, not necessary, not um, not your fault. I hope that you do not take what I'm going to say as a personal attack on your grief or your pain. And I'm not trying to purposely stir up anything that maybe you have already coped with um, or you're going through now. And I pray that what I am trying to express will come over as sensitive as possible. Um, <clears throat> for whatever that is worth, I am not trying to um, be a bitch, <laughs> bluntly. So I'll just put it that way. <clears throat> I know that everybody has different levels and different views and different ways of coping or trying to cope. However, as a person myself still surviving this effect in my own life, I would never uh, belittle your level or your feelings or anything for that matter on anything that you're going through, let alone this area. <clears throat> my reason for even creating this site is to touch base on things that others may feel, others may want to say, 
Um, they wish maybe somebody would say, or they knew how to say. Some people are not good with their words. Uh, but they, it doesn't mean that they don't have the feelings behind it. <clears throat> and maybe they just wish maybe somebody would say more often. That maybe they do try to say and speak up, but they feel like that if, uh, and I included, feel like if there was just more people that would speak up or put things out there, if you will, you know, especially on areas that are as important as, as what I believe this area is, as well as all the other subjects in life, because everybody has something going on somewhere. And just because it's not important to us and just because it's not in our face or in our life does not mean that it's not happening somewhere else in the world for somebody else. And I feel if the world was a little less judgmental and a little bit more understanding, we would be all in a greater unity of our own minds as well as each other's uh, lives. Uh, I'm not trying to offend or compromise anybody, nor am I not willing to correct myself when I am knowingly in the wrong. Um, I have been through a lot of heartaches and trauma and experiences in my life. And um, like I said, as a child and even as an adult today, um, that have resulted into a lifetime of coping or trying to cope. Um, <clears throat> many that I continue to work through to this very day um, and I try sometimes honestly I try to block some of it out um, as much as possible in order to not trigger my own self again and again and again um, but sometimes that is obviously easier said than done in an ideal world that would be perfect but this is not an ideal world and I am far from per perfect <clears throat> I'm not trying to lessen your devastation um, Instead, I am hoping to be able to bring some attention to the devastations that are a result of this area that maybe it would help you to understand that your feelings and your emotions are justified and you deserve to be acknowledged and hopefully it will make you not feel so alone in the world or alone in your own mind. Um, maybe with some luck we can make a difference together. Um, I do empathize with others and understand that there are multiple sides to every story and multiple situations and multiple triggers that lead unintentionally to areas that I personally have not had to deal with firsthandly or encounter in your particular situation or your life. And I by no means am I trying to come across um, that I, I know your situation or that um, I, your situation is not different because it is different. Um, and it does matter. <clears throat> Regardless how different it is from the next person, it does matter. If it affects you, it matters. <clears throat> However, in writing this, I'm also putting my own personal life and triggers out there and talking about things that I have not gone into detail with. Uh, in my own mind um, for several years or maybe I've never even went into it at all um, in typing this obviously it did bring back some memories and some things that I have went through in my life and continue to still go through um, and of course you know I can't see who uh, downloads this or listens to this um, and that's okay <clears throat> because what I'm saying is honestly wholeheartedly true from my heart and my emotions and my feelings, but also research that I do. And I try to make sure that I um, can back up what I say, but also too, I am always open to others 
and their opinions, their thoughts, their stories. And if you have anything out there that uh, you would like talked about or you would like to talk about, um, and I can help you with that, please feel free to touch base with me and let me know. I'd be more than happy to. Um, I speak on topics that I am passionate about or I feel needs to be more passionate about and more focused on my thoughts, my questions, my concerns, and even my own lack of understanding on some answers that I don't even know the questions to, um, usually play a role in all that I do, um, all that I feel and, and basically all that I say, I would like to believe, um, that I'm a very passionate and caring person and I take people very seriously. I take you very seriously. Even if I don't know you, you're still a person and to me that matters. Um, that alone um, means something to me. <clears throat> I am passionate. I tr I'm working. Let me rephrase that. I'm working on being more passionate about myself. <laughs> um, I'm very passionate about our nation. Um, not so much the government, really, um, but I am our nation and the men and women who create our nation. Um, God, definitely. And everything else in between, I take very serious. <clears throat> I am not here to patronize anybody, nor am I trying to state that I'm an opinionated person that is not willing to listen to you or try to understand you and your perspective. I respect your experiences. I respect your opinions, and I, res I respect your feelings, and I respect your well-being, as well as your own personal space. I do not, nor will I ever personally go out of my way to intentionally hurt you or anybody else. Um, <clears throat> so first, let's discuss what Paleo Alienation Syndrome even is. And I found a website. Um, it's a very inform informative website. A lot of this information came from this website. And I invite you to check it out. Uh, according to healthline.com, it is defined as a situation in which one parent uses strategies, sometimes referred to as brainwashing, alienating, and programming to distance a child from the other parent. Parental alienation syndrome is somewhat controversial term, often leaving one parent pointing the finger at another with a child in the crossfire. My personal opinion there. <clears throat> when one parent dis uh, discredits the other parent to any child that they share, um, for example, maybe one will, parent will tell the other parent, you know, they're your parent, you know, I'm not going to pick on mom or dad, but hypothetical, we'll just say mom, because um, we're just going to go there. Um, maybe the mom may, might say, um, well, your dad's too busy this weekend, um, and he's not going to get you because he has something else that he'd rather do that's more important than spending time with you. Or maybe the dad might say something disrespectful or negative <clears throat> about the mother. Um, you know, even so much as saying, well, you know, your mom's a bitch. <laughs> um, you know, your mom won't let me see you. I tried to see you, but she won't let me see you. And, um, you know, whatever it may be. Um, maybe one parent may, what I call parent bash, um, to the, other, to the child, um, about the other parent, regardless of how they do it, what they say or how they feel about the other parent is still alienates the parent on the child and that hurts the child. So anything you negative you say about the parent, regardless of it's the mom or the dad or the mom and the mom or the dad and the dad or whatever it may be in your scenario, 
um, it puts the child in the middle and it hurts. You know, I, I have been through some things with my parents, uh, growing up and even occasionally still today. Um, not so much as, um, not so much as my biological dad. Um, I have talked about my dad passing away. Let me elaborate on it because it gets a little confusing. My dad that passed away was my stepdad, but he was my dad. He was my dad 100 plus percent. And um, he was an amazing man. He and I worked on cars together. We did construction stuff together. Um, you know, I changed my own starter a few months ago. Um, on my own because him and I, that's what we did. And, um, you know, it, he was, has been in my life, was in my life since I was like seven or eight years old. <clears throat> and he gave me away when I got married. And uh, both times I got married. I was married twice. Um, and both times I guess I didn't get it right. <laughs> but anyway, um, <clears throat> you know, I, my biological dad, um, I don't have a relationship with him, but my sisters do. And I respect that. Um, now, whatever my dad says, my father's dad, whatever he says, I don't know. And I don't need to hear it. I heard enough when I was a kid. <clears throat> I heard plenty when I was a kid. And um, images of him taking the child support check and wadding it up and saying, you know, like, I was going to go, you know, back in that day, um, Child support was paid. Basically, he just handed the, the parent the, the money or whatever. There wasn't always receipts or whatever. Back then, we actually used checks. <laughs> um, and that was after the dinosaurs were extinct, um, obviously. But anyway, um, <clears throat> my dad was stopped. You know, I was taking the check out one time to my mom, sitting in the car waiting. And um, he was like, oh, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. I forgot something. And he took the check back from me and he wanted it up and he put it back in my hand. He said, now give it to her. <clears throat> that was not necessary. That was 100% not necessary. That did nothing but hurt me. My mom could have gave a crap less whether or not that check was, was crumbled because she still went to the bank and cashed it. It doesn't matter, but it hurt me. And that's just one example. But, and I'm not going to sit here and just bash on him. And I'm not going to bash on him at all, honestly. I, I, like I said, I have no, <clears throat> excuse me, I have no beef with him. Um, I just, my, my dad passed away in my eyes. And my biological dad is still alive. My mother, um, she is just as guilty in that sense. Um, she might not realize it, but she is. Um... And I'm not going to elaborate on that. I um, respect my mother. <clears throat> I love my mother. I actually am my mom's caregiver. My my, my stepdad passed away. Um, I quit my job. I was a therapist for autistic kids. Um, I quit my job to take care of my mother. And I support uh, um, her health and her maintain her well-being and her home and everything else for that matter. Um, Full-time, 24-7. I get no outside help from any family or friends. I make $1.61 an hour from the government from a stipend. Um, and 
<clears throat> yes, $1.61 an hour, tax-free. <laughs> um, I'm bougie like that, 24-7. So I'm lucky to get maybe <clears throat> working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, maybe 500-something uh, every two weeks. <clears throat> so maybe about $1,000 a month I make working 24-7. And I, and that's the truth. Um, the government feels like uh, companies have to pay minimum wage, but I guess they don't have to. But that's a whole different podcast, so we want to get into that. But anyway, back to the subject. Um, <clears throat> so I, I respect my mother, and I, I still listen to things that she says every once in a while, whether it's to me or to people she talks to on the phone or in person, you know, little jabs here and there. <clears throat> excuse me um and you know what that, that still hurts even though i don't have a relationship with my volatile dad he's still my dad in a sense you know of 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 retrospect of his position of life and my creation and um <clears throat> you know there's um when i was a kid um <clears throat> i remember my mother um told us kids that we had to call my stepdad dad. We had to. That we were not going to call him by his name anymore. We were to call him dad. And um, that bothered me. <clears throat> not because, um, you know, he was a, a, fa a father figure. <clears throat> Excuse me. But mind you, I was so young. They probably hadn't been really together that long. I don't actually even know if they were... Yeah, I believe they might have been married at the time, but I'm not really for sure. So, I might have been eight or nine years old. <clears throat> and, um, I had a very difficult time with that. Because at the time, I still did see my biological dad at the time. And I just didn't feel comfortable calling another man dad. Matter of fact, I never in my life ever called him dad. I've called him more dad since he's been gone than I ever did in his whole life. And, um... And so when I would go in there to get my stepdad up or something or if he had to go to work or if I needed to ask a question or, or whatever it was, like I'd get up for school and, and maybe he was running late for work and I'd go in there. I just kept saying, is he going to go to work today? Is he up? Um, does he need this? I, would, I wouldn't I would even call him anything. And I would just always say he and, and he noticed it. And um, he said, you know... They don't need to call me dad. Yeah, I'm okay with that. And um, so I didn't. And it's like, don't make me have to make a decision like that if I'm not comfortable with it. And don't make me feel like my other parent doesn't matter. Because even though I don't have a relationship with him now, I did try to have a relationship with him then. And I was a kid. I was like eight or nine years old. And that is the most impressional age of a kid, I feel like. <clears throat> and uh, regardless of the fact of what age they are, it still hurts. And there's other stories I can go on and on. But honestly, those are personal stories that I don't need to elaborate over public. Just know that I do understand on the level of as a child and continue. It does continue as an adult. Even though the parents are not together, they're not married, they haven't been married forever in a day, they've got um, you know, kids together, they've got grandkids that they have, um, and unfortunately my stepdad and my stepmother both have passed away, um, so I have my biological mom and my biological dad still alive, but I have no contact with my biological dad, but I take care of my biological mom, um, so... 
<clears throat> but it still happened. And um, so anyway, there's okay. So I'm just gonna get sidetracked because I'm sitting here. My mind's like going a million directions now. My childhood in my head. So these are like little like fire throwing water to the flame and seeing where it sizzles, you know. And it's like anyway. Let's switch gears. <clears throat> So, in my research um, on this website, there's a manual. There's a manual of definitions and validation that um, called the. Um, let me. Sorry, I am so. <laughs> I apologize. I, I skipped a whole page just going on in my little story here. <laughs> um, so anyway. Um, so, uh, a child psychologist named uh, Richard Garner, he used this term in 1985. Now, 1985 was probably about the time frame, um, yeah, I love the 80s, I miss the 80s. Um, okay, focus. <laughs> oh, the 80s, <laughs> when life was so much simpler. <laughs> um, anyway, so in 1985, this term was used to describe behaviors in a child who is a victim and exposed to parental alienation. So this brings us to asking ourselves, how do other experts in this field look at the view of the syndrome? There is a large manual called the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Yes, folks, your mental stability is defined, bounded, and termed, and validated by a simple manual. However, there's nothing simple about mental stability now, is there? <clears throat> I, for one, can attest to that. I'll pause now. My other personalities have a brief meeting on it. Just kidding. They have meetings without me. <laughs> At least it feels like it anyway. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> I'm sure I, I, I pray. Well, I don't know if I... Yeah, I do pray. I pray that other people understand me on that. <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> so, in this manual of definitions and validation, um, does the American Psychiatric Association recognize it? Um, well, from the research that I have went through, um, that's a big no. In fact, it is not recognized in the American Psy Psychological Association, it's not recognized in the American Medical Association, or in the World Health Organization. However, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders does have a code for it. For a child affected by parental relationship distress. Which, in fact, parental alienation syndrome would fall under this code. So, why can't they just recognize it as this? Why do, they have, why do we have to squint our eyes in the first place to, to find print to have acknowledgement or see acknowledgement? on something so important as this when the effects and the pain actually cannot even be defined enough at all in a book let alone in our own heads in fact in my opinion why wouldn't it be more of a top headline in this manual or in the world in life in society do they not think that such an effect doesn't bear the root or many, uh, and the cause of many issues of a child. 
through their years and also as an adult in their parental roles as well that you know they can't diagnose a child and maybe this one particular mental effect but hey let's make a million more mental stability definitions if you will um, and we'll define those but we don't want to get to the core of the problem and acknowledge it let's just put a code on it and let's see if you know somebody can understand that code in fact in my opinion um, it's it, it just needs it's it's a it's child abuse it, it really it's a form of child abuse I mean it or is it even a condition I don't know I guess it depends on where you're at in life and what you've been through I mean do you look at it as you put in and abused as a child mentally do you sit here and, and close your eyes and think back on you know hey yeah, I'm a parent now, and I would never do that to my kid. Or, hey, yeah, I've seen that done to my friend's parents. Or, you know, and I even felt uncomfortable. I couldn't even imagine what my friend felt like. I'm sure they were embarrassed. You know, I mean, anytime you're going out of your way to harm a child in any form, um, especially mentally, wouldn't that be the same as some sort of a form of abuse? I mean... So does that mean that it's okay for a parent to purposely say or do or act in a manner that has an everlasting mental effect on the child, regardless of how much they may despise or hate the other parent? Does it make it okay? Do as I say, not as I do? Oh, how many of us have heard that? Or because I said so? Um, I mean, who are we really hurting? What are we really doing? Do you think the other parent really cares what you say behind their back that they don't even know about in the first place? But hey, your kid does. Do you think do you think my mom saw how my dad wanted that checkup? For all she knew, I could have been messing with it and wadded it up. How would she have known the difference? All she needed was her child support money to help take care of her kids. <clears throat> you know, I mean, really, what did it do? And I'm not going to keep going on that example, but it's a prime example of just something that simple. Something that simple was not necessary. And, you know, they, they hear it while, you know, you're on the phone, or you're having conversations with people, or you're talking to people in person, you know, or... You know, maybe you're telling your your school things or purposely leaving your parent out of pro child's programs or activities. Maybe it's their doctor visits or the holidays or birthdays. The list goes on and on and on. Anything that goes on with your child should be knowledge of both parents, right? Maybe, I guess. It depends on what your opinion is of what is important knowledge and what is not. But also, too, it depends on your circumstance as well. I will add that in there. <clears throat> but in respect to this, let's just say it's it's just, um, I don't want to say traumatic event because obviously it is a traumatic event and that's the whole purpose of this. But let's just say it's <laughs> um, not something that the, the authorities are involved in. Um, something as, as deep as that at the moment. Um... I remember a story once of a comment someone had, was talking about, um, and they were talking about the opposite parent 
<clears throat> wanting to know everything about their child. They want to be notified of everything. And um, so the parent took this comment and made a huge dramatic event out of it. All the way down to letting the other parent know when their child went to go poop. Yep. They would send a text or a phone call calling and letting them know that their child went to the bathroom and pooped. They would even sometimes, <clears throat> sadly, have that same child on occasion call the other parent to let them know that they had just went to go poop. So, is this just one parent being a smarty butt? No pun intended. Um, or are they just merely being... And basically doing what the other parent asked them to do. I guess probably both, honestly. But the real question is, what do you do? What does it do to their child? Don't you think that it would be embarrassing for the child to have to call the other parent up each time they pooped and, and say, Oh, hey, I just want to let you know I pooped. <laughs> Why would we do that? Shouldn't that be the main concern? I mean, if your child is having problems going to the bathroom, take them to the doctor and let the parent know they have a doctor appointment. You know, or something like that. But, <clears throat> you're basically just putting your kid in the middle and embarrassing, <laughs> embarrassing the crap out of them. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be funny, but, <laughs> this is, <laughs> I apologize. This is wrong. Um, Paleonation may seem like a, a, a small deal to some, but you know, to a child, it leaves an everlasting mark from the very two people that created them and means the most to them, their foundation of who they are. The two people that are supposed to protect them, supposed to guide them, comfort them, praise them, acknowledge them, and pretty much stop stripping them of their God-given rights to the access of their other parent. You know, it takes two to conceive a kid. It takes two parents. Now, that doesn't mean there's always two parents involved, and I understand that, but we're not talking about that subject necessarily. Because we're looking at it from the perspective of the child. It's not, why is the other parent gone? Why did the other parent not come back? Why did the other parent say they were going to get cigarettes and didn't return? Or whatever the scenario be. It's not about that. It's about the child. You know, and... That child is being shredded apart. Because no matter what you feel about your other parental person that you had a child with that's still that child's mom that's still that child's dad that's still that child's something even if that person is nothing to you it is your child's something now I'm not trying to scold anybody that is not my place and I apologize if it sounds that way but as a human being and as a child of this such era, I am making it known from my heart, my own triggers, and my own past experiences, and my own... Stop it. Just stop. It hurts. It's wrong. It tears your child apart. 
Whether you can see it or not, it leaves an everlasting impression of what they exactly don't deserve. Let them develop their own opinion about the other parent on their own, based off their own experience, their own knowledge, and their own well-being, and their own mental stability. And we wonder why our children have mental instability and family issues, or why they act out or get into trouble, or maybe even turn to self-medicating. They just want the pain to stop. They just want the arguing to stop. They just want to stop being put in the middle. I mean, you don't have to get along and like each other. But that doesn't mean you have to tear each other apart and use your child as a pawn to do it. <clears throat> now, I'm not saying that there are not children out there that are not rebels. <laughs> but maybe they are rebels with a cause because of what has affected them. Some comments and accusations may seem mild. But some may even be more incredibly severe, or even deadly. Child suicide is no joke. Where do you think pain comes from? And I'm not trying to pass blame and saying that's where it comes from. All you know, but it there is no zip code, there is no color, there is no nationality, there is no sexuality, if you will. On the mental stability of the child when it comes to the mental instability of both of their parents. Putting them in the middle of pain. They're already hurting already from the divorce or the separation. Why add logs to the fire? It makes the parent-child relationship suffer. But it makes the child suffer. Regardless of any of the things the other parent says about the other parent is true or not. If the child is told over and over again, or hears it repeatedly, that one parent is a bad person and doesn't want to see them, or doesn't want to attend the program, or an appointment, or whatever the case may be, whether it's true or not, why would you even want to say that to your child in the first place? Why would you even want to put that level of pain and heartache and... A, an abandonment feeling, if you will, on your child. They might already be blaming themselves for the break breakup on top of that anyway. Maybe they're, you guys were having disagreements over the child, over the welfare of the kid, and the child feels like it's their fault. And you know what, kiddo? <laughs> it's not your fault. It is not your fault. Eventually, the child may refuse to talk to the other parent <coughs> because of the effects of how it's been pounded in their minds over and over and over again of opinions or impressions or maybe because they feel that they'd be better off not to have a relationship with the other parent because then they wouldn't have to deal with any repercussions or being quizzed a gazillion times um, by the other parent or someone else. <coughs> so it's just easier not to go and deal with it. You know, there are eight symptoms, according to Gardner, <clears throat> in parent alienation. And they're as follows. <clears throat> Excuse me. The child constantly and unfairly criticizes the alienated parent. 
The child doesn't have any strong evidence, specific examples, or justification for the criticisms or any other false reasoning. So this is basically saying these are symptoms that your child is, is a victim of parent alienation if they're doing this. This is what this means. Um, it also says the child's feelings about the alienated parent are mixed. They're all, they're all negative with no redeeming qualities to be found. They just find no other good in that parent. The child remains, it claims the criticism are all of their own, are their own thoughts and conclusions and based on their own independent thinking. But in reality, the alienating parent is basically brainwashed them and programmed them, programmed them uh, with these ideals. I actually um, had a relationship with somebody one time and they had uh, two kids and um, I had um, was talking to the boy. <clears throat> he was the oldest. <clears throat> and um, he would message me and stuff and we would talk back and forth and had a very close relationship with him. You know. And <clears throat> it was to the point where his mother was acting like she was him sometimes in the messages because she would say things that I knew he already knew and it was like she was trying to fish you know or whatever and she was acting like him and I knew it wasn't him because he already knew the answer I knew it I knew it for a fact he knew the answer so Hannah him and I developed code words <clears throat> if it was him he would say this one particular word and if it wasn't him and it was her asking him what the code word was then he was to use this other word so that way I knew that it was him that I was talking to and not his mother playing games with him. Now, maybe that sounds like I'm playing games, but in fact, I'm showing that child, hey, I'm trying to make sure that this is you I'm talking to. <clears throat> and I'm sorry that your mom is doing this to you. <clears throat> so in order to protect you from being quizzed a gazillion things on things she was obviously trying to fish on that he already knew that it really wasn't necessary for her to do. It was really wrong what she was doing on this particular incident. Um, <clears throat> but this was just an example of the situation that he continuously went through in his life. And um, it leaves an effect on them. <clears throat> it really does. Another way you can find a um, symptom of your child being a, a product of parent alienation is a child was unwavering support has unwavering support for the alienator. <clears throat> the child doesn't feel guilty about mistreating or hating the alienated parent. The child uses terms and phrases that seem borrowed from an adult language when referring to situations that never happened or happened before the child's memory would even be possible. <clears throat> the child's feelings of hatred toward the alienated parent expand to include other family members, maybe grandparents, cousins, or siblings even step parents um <clears throat> you know sometimes though <sighs> a child is not okay <laughs> a child is not stupid <clears throat> they're not stupid they're they are innocent until we corrupt them and i wholeheartedly believe that and <clears throat> it's such a fine line because when a child knows that their parent 
Like this, like this, this boy knew his mom was doing this. He knew that she was doing things that were deceitful and malicious, really, um, to not only the other parent, but to him and his, his sister as well. And so then he had to, he had to grow up too fast. He really did have to grow up too fast because then he had to go in survival mode. And he had to go in survival mode, not only for himself and his little sister, but also for his dad. Because he loves his dad and um, he looks up to his dad. <clears throat> and regardless of what his mother ever said, his dad was his dad. And his dad had went through a lot of abuse in his life and a lot of other things that have affected his um, mental thoughts of self-worth, if you will. And his son would protect him or try to protect him. And um, his... <laughs> Um, you know, it was, it was very loving to see, but sad at the same time. And the mother just continued to keep triggering and, and basically rubbing salt continuously in the wound over and over again. <clears throat> and, um, in the end, I mean, what did she really gain? I mean, really. I mean, she would purposely um, keep his kids away from him. You know, like he'd try to go over and pick them up. And um, <laughs> this one incident, I took him over to pick his kids up. And uh, this is a prime example. <clears throat> I took him over to get his kids. And he had his court order in his hand. Okay, because it was court ordered. <clears throat> and we went over there. And he always, always, always had issues with her getting his kids. And I said, you know what? You got your court over. We're, we're, let's go do this. <clears throat> so, <laughs> we go over there and she is just being so wrong on so many levels. There are not only his kids there in the yard outside. There are other neighbor kids in the yard as well. <clears throat> there are a few adults in the yard. And there's the, the dad trying to get his kids. <clears throat> and the mom is standing on the porch. And I actually recorded this on my iPad. And um, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. All, all I, he wanted was just to get his kids. He was, he was, and he was so quiet. And he had his papers in his hands. And she was just going on and on and on. And I don't even remember all the things that she was doing. She was just yelling. She was this, that, and the other. And she wasn't going to let him see his kids. And his kids were right there in the yard. So she was doing this in front of his kids and neighbor kids. And I've got my iPad up. And I'm making it very known that I'm recording her. I don't care at that point. 
And she looks over at me, and I'm sitting in my van, and I haven't said one word to her whatsoever. I'm letting him deal with it. Um, you know, I was there, but I was also <clears throat> recording for him so he could see later when he was ready to watch what she was doing. Because sometimes you walk away and you're like, did that really just happen? Then you second guess yourself. Did I do something? Did I say something? Maybe I missed something. I mean, because you're so used to things sometimes <clears throat> that you question yourself. But also, too, just in case he needed to go to court again because he's trying to get his kids. <clears throat> so, on this recording, <laughs> she is being very vulgar. And I don't mean just profanity. She's like, basically, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't have the video for me and I haven't watched it for years, but she's like, you know, basically, oh, you weren't recording me. Um, you know, what do you want to see? You know, and she starts being you know, very big on her body perch and she's flashing me. A yard full of kids flashing me her boobs, <clears throat> talking about her private parts, <clears throat> this, that, and the other, going on and on very, very loud. Very loud. In front of her kids. <clears throat> in front of other people's kids. And all this man wanted was just to have his kids by his divorce papers. His guardianship papers of his rights by court. And she eventually <clears throat> let him have one kid. <clears throat> she wouldn't send the second kid. Oh, he could only have one. He could have the boy. Not the girl. Hmm. Anyway, so this is just an example. What did she gain out of that? You know, one time she wouldn't even let him see him, <clears throat> see the kids. <clears throat> and, um, now mind you, uh, he lived with me at the time, okay? This was my, my ex. And, <laughs> um, she wouldn't let him see the kids for a few months. <clears throat> But she would let them come over my house. They could come over my house and see me and stay with me. But <clears throat> they couldn't stay with him. They couldn't see him. Well, he lived with me. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> so anyway, they came to see me because they, they stayed with me all the time. They wanted to live with me. <laughs> um, matter of fact, they would bring their clothes over there. And I think the daughter had more dressers and of clothes in my drawer than I did. <laughs> Um, but, um, she let them come over and stay with me. I, and I'm, I'm talking like a week or two at a time. And they, she moved down to where I live. And I live in the country. And she moved from the south side of Indianapolis to the country. And same school district. So luckily they were in the same school district. <clears throat> and the bus would go by. And I knew the bus driver very well. Because she had always picked up my kids. And, um, so the bus route was not changed. And, um, we were at the laundromat one time, my ex and I, and, um, the mother had said she, he could finally see them. She was going to bring them to the laundromat. Now, mind you, she had just picked them up from my house before we went to the laundromat, okay? <clears throat> so she brings them to the laundromat. And the kids are obviously happy to see their dad. They love their dad. 
and you know the little girl's a daddy's girl she just they love their dad and so they ran up to see their dad they were so happy to see him <clears throat> and this woman the stranger was like oh my gosh and she was just oh how so how beautiful and and the mother looks over and she's yeah they haven't seen him in like three months like he had just come home from being deployed or something <clears throat> and i'm thinking you left out the part where you said i have been keeping them from seeing their dad and they're excited to see their dad yeah she left out that part but what did it really do it hurt those kids and it made her look like she was mother of the year <clears throat> but it hurt those kids <sighs> now garner he later goes on to add that to be diagnosed with parental alienation syndrome, the child should have a strong bond with the alienator and pre previously have had a strong bond with the alienated, causing them to show negative behaviors when the alienated parent, with the alienated parent, excuse me, and show difficulty when the custody of the, excuse me, that that child takes place. So whenever there's a child custody exchange, it's difficult. Um, so now I'm kind of confused because the manual above said that it couldn't be just diagnosed. So, if I'm confused on it and you're confused on it, and a stranger's confused on it, imagine how that child's feeling. <clears throat> um, are they being alienated or not? <laughs> or they know they're just hurting and being put in the middle? And just want to love their parents. So, what are the sides of parent alienation? Are you the alienator or are you the one alienating? alienating? Here are some signs to determine this. <clears throat> now, this is just going off of Gardner's opinion. This is not necessarily mine. <clears throat> but, maybe it is. But that's not what the choice is. The choice is... Um, what you think you are. An alienator might divulge unnecessary rela relational details. For example, incidents of affairs to a child. This can certainly make the child feel alienated themselves as well as angry at the, at the person that is hurting them. <clears throat> so basically, putting the child in the, in the middle. You know, if it's something between mom and dad, it needs to stay between mom and dad. Yeah. The child doesn't need to be used to put in the middle as the pond, as the go-between. It doesn't need to be the middleman, the liaison, the, the mediator, the, the referee. No, they need to be a child. <clears throat> An alienator may prevent a child from seeing or talking to the other parent. While saying that the alienated is busy, they're occupied, or they're uninterested in the child that, you know, they, they'd rather go do something else or they've already got plans or, um, you know, or whatever the case may be. <clears throat> An alien may insist that the child's personal items be kept at the alienator's house. Regardless of how much time this, the child even spends with it. How many kids, <laughs> uh, my parents did this. I'm going to buy you outfits, but you got to keep them here. <clears throat> you know how many outfits I outgrew before I even got to wear them? How many toys I didn't get to play with before I outgrew them? You know, 
An alien might plan tempting activities during the other parent's custody time. For example, um, you're supposed to be at your other parents this weekend, but I was thinking maybe it'd be a perfect time for you to maybe have a summer party or something. Um, I know it's your parents' weekend, but, you know, which one would you rather do? Um, related to the above, an alien may, might frequently bend or break custody guidelines. Arrange inside or outside of the court. <clears throat> on the flip side, though, um, an alien may also refuse to compromise on a custody, custody agreement. For example, if the mom's birthday falls on the day when the dad has custody of the, chi of the child, um, and the dad is the alienator, <clears throat> he may rigidly refuse to let the kids go to their mom's birthday dinner when the mom asks for it, or vice versa. You know, like if a mom's birthday falls in a week and the dad has them, and the mom's like, hey, we're going to have this get-together, or we're going to do something, would you care to swap weekends with me? And the dad might just in spite say no. Or maybe the dad has plans and he's just like, no, and it makes him look like he's alienating when in fact he's not. He's by right having his weekend. He's sorry your birthday falls on that weekend, but it's still his right. And he might get his kid only every other weekend, or she might get their kid every only every other weekend. You know, maybe they want their time. Your birthday, yeah, I understand it falls once a year, but you can celebrate your birthday on a different day. Right? I mean... It's a great thing that you're alive every day. You know, your birthday is, is very special. I agree. And you might have plans. <laughs> but if they only get the child every other weekend, maybe they made plans for that every other weekend ahead of time. Maybe they are going on going to the zoo. Or maybe they're going somewhere else. I don't know. <clears throat> but I know it does happen. Related to the above. Or no, I'm sorry. Uh, secrecy may be rampant. Um, rampant. There are several ways that this can happen. The alienator may keep medical records, report cards, information about the child's friends, or more all under, you know, and not, not tell the other parent. They might, you know, school pictures. Oh, I paid for those pictures. Your parent wants a picture, they can pay for them. Why can't you guys go halves on them and split them? I know pictures are very freaking expensive. And what, if one parent knows all of your friends and the other one doesn't, then what, you have more control? Um, and they won't maybe find something out or be a part of their child's life? <clears throat> maybe they want to meet their friends. Maybe they might need to meet their friends and say, you know what, that's a good friend for them to be around. Or maybe you need to watch that friend a little bit more because I see something that maybe you might not notice because you're around them more than I am, but maybe you know they don't have their guard up with me. You know, and, you know, maybe the child may, um, the alienator may ask the child about the alienated parent's personal life. You know, like, oh, I hear your dad's got a girlfriend. What's she like? Uh, what's she do? When how long that's going to last? You know, he's had, like, several girlfriends this year, you know, and when we, you know, and he even had a fair on me once, um, you know, when you were in kindergarten, you know, when we were still married, you know, and, or maybe the dad is saying, you know, something, um, <clears throat> you know, whatever it may be, <clears throat> you know, the alien may become controlling when it comes to the child's relationship with the other parent. The alienator could just try to monitor all phone calls, text messages, or interactions, kind of like I was talking about with, you know, my ex's son. 
and trying to be something that she wasn't. <clears throat> um, and the alien may actively compare the other parent to a new partner. This could take the form of a child hearing that their stepmom loves them more than their real mom. Or that a child might be even told that their stepparent will adopt them and give them a new last name. They may even try to force the child or that stepparent to call them mom or dad, even if they don't want to. <clears throat> now, while these are just some examples, it can be difficult to determine if this can be used in a custody agreement hearing. Um, criminal actions or any form of some sort of abuse um, but it's just it's just plain wrong I mean honestly I know that in today's time not all parents are exactly role models and we all make mistakes life doesn't come with a manual let alone parental and sometimes you might have not even been married or even planning to have a kid I guess you know could have been a one night stand for all you know um, but Maybe they are the victims. You know, maybe maybe the other parent is the victim of some sort of abuse from their uh, their parent and their upbringing, and it's resulted them to be the way they are, and they might not even realize what they're doing. They're just reacting to what they learned as a child and what they grew up with, and it's just kind of following the cycle. Um, I don't want to say it to. Um, hereditary but I guess in some sense it, it you know it would be if it's not intervened or doesn't turn out healthy I mean it does have to do with the kid's state of mental mind as well right it has everything to do with it anything that you do affects your child in some form sometimes hurting them whether unintentionally or not has everything to do with them why because this may simply be what your child ends up turning into as well. Why would you want to cause your own child mental pain on purpose? And I understand things happen, things that said in the heat in the moment, you know, and that's not necessarily the same thing. It's, it's really, I mean, it's, pain and alienation is continuous. <clears throat> it's, it's a continuous effect. What is our child learning? What family values are they holding, getting able to hold on to? What are they, the innocent child, supposed to do when the adults or their parents are acting younger than what they even are? What, they're acting younger than what the child is. Childish games. To being deceitful on purpose, purpose. Being conniving on purpose. Being malicious on purpose. Stop it. So how do you think this parent alienation affects your kid? A 2016 study surveyed of 109 college-aged students <clears throat> was conducted. Children who were alienated from one parent <clears throat> in this survey experienced increased anger, heightened feelings of neglect, or even had their own basic needs actually neglected while being caught in the middle of their parents' fight. Maybe they needed something and their parents were too busy fighting to hear their child. Learn a destructive pattern that they pass on to others or their own children. 
take on skewed views of reality and become prone to lying about others. So they're used to fabricating things or I guess tap dancing around something or manipulating something so they get used to lying about things when they're not they're not told to told the truth to tell the truth they're taught no don't don't tell your dad that tell him this instead no don't tell your mom that tell her this instead what are you teaching that kid they're supposed to lie tell the truth I don't know the parents that are supposed to teach them are are being contradicting and confusing <coughs> They may be become um, combative with others due to learning that it's an us versus them mentality. Um, they see things as very black and white. They everything is just dark. There's no color. There's no light in in life. Um, they shut down. <clears throat> they lack empathy. They could care less. Why bother caring? What's the point? I cared about my parents, and this is what happened. Now, it certainly can be a no-brainer that if a child is abusive or otherwise harmful, there needs to be an intervention or a liaison involved wholeheartedly. Or maybe even in more depth situations, the court system may be involved, <clears throat> intervening, intervening on the exposure um, to this child. But that still doesn't give any parent the right to alienate in front of the child or around the child. Regardless of if the court's involved or not, that child don't need to know that. I would say, especially to an obvious already situation that they're already going through that is already affecting them in the first place by the other situation. It, it, there's a court system involved and obviously there's something more in depth going on. So you don't need to keep adding to it when they're already going through something obviously. If the court system is involved, you're, that child does not need to know that. They're still mourning the loss of wanting to see their parent in the first place. Regardless of what the situation may be, they want to see their parent. They want to be in their life. They want to have some kind of connection with both parents. Because, hey, as a divorced kid, holidays are supposed to get two gifts, right? Santa's supposed to come to both houses. And you've been a good kid. But maybe your parent says, um... Hey, um, I give your mom child support, so whatever she buys you, yeah, that's for me too. Yeah, that's what I went through. That was what my biological dad said. <clears throat> and I'm like, well, dad gone it. <laughs> I was good. Why ain't Santa coming here too? Um, Santa doesn't buy my mom mom doesn't buy my gifts, Santa does. What are you talking about? Our ch children are innocent. Innocent little fragile human beings. Until we influence and corrupt them. Until we take away their fairy tales. Until we take away their happy ever after. They are innocent. Until we influence them. Until we ignore the cause and effects of our actions that clearly do have something to do with them. Where does it really start and stop? Do we need to just worry about whether or not it's a biological parent or, um, I mean, I know grandparents and aunts and uncles and stuff, boyfriends, girlfriends, for even friends in general. <clears throat> Quiz kids. <clears throat> My grandmother 
um, on my, my dad's mom. Um, when we were kids, we'd go over to our grandparents. <clears throat> and, you know, my, my dad wasn't allowed to have our phone number. <clears throat> and um, my grandmother quizzed us all the time as kids. Quizzed us. Asked us questions all the time. And um, it was it was hard. It was hard. It's hard being a divorced kid. <clears throat> you know, and <sighs> you feel like you're stuck in the middle. And you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. However, you gotta you flip your switch into survival mode. You know, and you have to grow up very fast and learn very quickly how to handle and deal with the pain as a, as a kid in the world, but even from your own parents. Now, you know, you as a parent, regardless of whatever title you are, the alienator or the alienating, it starts with you. And I say that because you can educate yourself on your child's feelings by actually talking to them as an actual person with existing feelings, feelings that shape them into the young adults that they're going to be someday. You can recognize that while you cannot change what the other parent is doing or saying, you can handle how you deal with them and your reactions to them, mainly on how you react to them in front of your child. Because maybe that other parent feeds off of that. And it gives them ammunition. Knowing that they're getting to you. At the expense of the child. <clears throat> you can also intervene with those around you. You know, and people that your kid's around. <clears throat> in your presence. You know, the child. Um, you know, you can protect them. You know, if you're your parent or your um, friend or your brother, sister, or whomever, aunts, uncles, whatever, you know, are quizzing your kids, tell them to stop. <clears throat> you know, it's the cost of your kid's mental mind. You know, if it's your weekend, you know, therapy's an option. You got your kiddo, take them to therapy with you. Work on your child-parent bond in a controlled professional environment. You can do this without bashing the other parent because the other session, that session has nothing to do with the bond of that other parent. The bond of that other parent is between that child and that parent, not on you. Your responsibility is the bond between you and your parent, your child. Your responsibility is to do what you can do, what you can control with respect to your child and what you can help your child get through. <clears throat> and I... I have a saying that I used to say to a young man <clears throat> that um, was struggling. Um, he had a very rough childhood and um, his parents were military. <clears throat> and um, I told him once, I said, you know, be the father that you would want your son to be. And be the kind of man that you would want your daughter to marry. You can't control what someone else says or does. It is hard enough keeping up with your own life. However, you can take steps to ensure that if that you don't fall into the category of an eye for an eye. Well, good is good, good, good for the goose is good for the gander. 
It also might be beneficial to seek help as to the lasting effects of the abuse you you too endure on this everlasting receiving end of alienation. You know, because being treated that way does something to you mentally as well. And your mindset is just as important as the mindset of your child because your mindset is going to be the influence of your child. So what do we, we take from all this information? The answer actually is only you can answer that. However, as a child adult, that still to this day goes through hearing parental bashing and alienation. It hurts. It does leave an internal mark. It does bother hearing all the bad things about a parent. Maybe merely because they may hold a grudge still. They might be embarrassed uh, to admit that they actually at one time loved that other parent. And now they want to play victim in some way. Or maybe they're fabricating stories so much that now they believe them themselves. Um, regardless of your own personal feelings and experiences with the other parent, don't let that be the determination of how the child develops their own feelings and relationships. If a parent is not causing a criminal or malicious harm, <laughs> sorry, there's a farm truck going by. Um, <coughs> If a parent is not being um, causing criminal or malicious harm directly on your child, <clears throat> let the child come to their own opinion and conclusion on how they choose to be with the other parent, their relationship. <clears throat> because the end, that matters. Maybe not to you, but when you have kids, shouldn't it be what... It is in the best interest of the child when it comes to the other parent. Because you don't have a relationship with that other parent. You've done moved on with your life. But to that child, that other parent is their life until one of them dies. And it still has an effect on them when they're gone. <clears throat> to one or the other. I mean, my my stepdad is, is, has been gone for a year and a half and um, it devastates me. <laughs> it really devastates me. I miss that man so much. <laughs> it, I'm going to start crying if I talk about it. Um, <laughs> I miss him terribly. It does matter. So regardless of whatever my biological dad may think of my stepdad, it matters to me what I think of my stepdad. And it matters to me what I think of my biological dad. And it matters to me what I think about my stepmom. And it matters to me what I think about my biological mom. But in the end, it matters to me on what I think in my mind, to me, on how it's affected me. <clears throat> Internal scars are very deep. Uh, the farm truck's going to go by again, so I apologize if it gets too loud. Um, <laughs> he must be cutting grass or the field or something. Um, now, I do understand that there are always situations beyond our control and visitations and such, but that has nothing to do with what comes out of our mouths. 
especially in the presence of our children. Please don't be that parent or that story that the child grows up dealing with or, or trying to heal from. Don't be that parent that is talked about in conversation because they're trying to give examples on what it's like because they know. I know nobody is perfect as I too have made several mistakes in my life as a parent um, and as a human being and as a child. Um, mistakes and things that <clears throat> make a difference and um, and it makes a difference between the child when, especially when it's on a continuous basis life is hard enough for our kids <clears throat> and it's us to, up to us to protect them comfort them guide them and be there for them it takes a lot of hard work and communication as a parent but co-parenting can be done it is doable i've done it with my ex-husband <clears throat> you don't have to love each other you don't have to be in their lives non-stop and be you know whatever you don't even have to like each other just be respectful to each other for the sake of your kid. And there are resources and workshops out there if that is an option that you wish to pursue. And there's a lot out there that are, you know, a lot of help out there for, for families and parents and children. <coughs> and um, they're worth looking into. If that's something you feel might help you or benefit you. But look in the eyes of your child. Look, in your ch look at your child. What do you really see? What do you really see when you look in their eyes? You know, my, so my closing remarks here. Are, <clears throat> I would like to say that being a parent is hard work it is it doesn't come with an instruction manual it doesn't come with some do-overs it doesn't it isn't always fun and games <clears throat> you don't always get to be the good parent however i applaud you for doing what you can as a parent when you're able to regardless of everything else that's on your shoulders or wherever it may be <clears throat> Being a parent is hard work. <clears throat> Sometimes it is not as simple for one as it may appear to be for the other. <clears throat> that doesn't mean you're a bad parent. And that doesn't mean that you don't make a positive impression on your kiddo. It takes a big person to admit when they are wrong. But it takes an even bigger person to do so to your child. <clears throat> this is in itself will teach them the values of what a real parent is all about. Being a human being that makes mistakes <clears throat> and bad choices. But as an adult enough to recognize them apologize to them and own them when necessary you can't erase what was you can't put a band-aid on the effects of the pain and the heartache but that doesn't mean you can't flourish and grow from it 
and learn from your mistakes. Learn from your choices. Learn from your child. Sometimes the biggest teachers are those that are students. But sometimes the biggest students are those that are teachers. Whether you're an adult or a child, you're still always learning. But you're still always teaching somebody too. I hope that this podcast leaves an understanding on how impressionable our kiddos are and how much of an impact we as parents and grown-ups have on them. They are our future. They are our future. And and sometimes I feel like instead of evolving, we're de-evolving. I would love to go back to the 80s in today's time. But unfortunately, we can't do that. But why can't we combine all of it together? Why do we have to be so bougie to be so distant? And unfortunately, we won't always be around or even given a chance to make things right for them in their future. So our job now is to Give them the tools that they need necessary for their evolution of future. And only pray that it's going to be enough. I thank everybody who has taken the time out to join me. If you are a parent suffering from such a level of alienation, please seek outside guidance. And it might save your, your mental stability and your child as well. And if you're a child that is a victim of parent alienation, from one child to the next, it's not your fault. And those are words you're going to hear that you might not feel that lay dormant to your ears. But you are not the cause of what's affected you. You are a product. You are a person. You're a human being. And you have feelings. And your feelings matter. They are justified. And they hurt. And even if your parents may not show it sometimes... And you may not feel it. Doesn't mean they don't love you. Doesn't mean they haven't made mistakes. Doesn't mean that they might not even realize what they're doing to you. They're not bad people. They might make bad choices and say bad things. But they're exactly who they are. Sometimes a kid just like you trying to survive their own mind of what has happened to them growing up over the years. And I'm not saying you need to use that as an excuse. But maybe since you're growing up so fast anyway, 
start now on trying to be a little understanding on things that you don't understand. And hopefully someday you won't have to explain the same subject to your own kid because you'll already know. Keep your head up and keep going. And I will pray for all of us because heaven help us in our own minds because that's where our world's at. This is Dee. And you have been listening to my podcast. Let me clear my throat. Paleon alienation syndrome. It is a real thing. It hurts. Please do your best to control what you do, what you say, how you act. The best to your ability. Because kids are watching. They are watching. They're listening. They do see more than what you think they do. And stop taking away their fairy tales. Stop taking away their happy ever afters. Just because you might not see what they feel doesn't mean you can't feel what they feel. I hope you all have a blessed evening. Thank you for joining me. Good night.